0: I think a lot of couples put pressure and they want to have the money talk. And I don't Mm. think you should ever have the money talk. I think you should have money dates. I think Mm. having smaller, regular conversations about money, one takes the pressure off and then two makes it a habit where Mm. you're more relaxed talking about money. It's not always about, okay, here's our budget for this month, but it's
1: Hey, we got a vacation coming up. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget podcast where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. One thing you might not know about me is that when my husband and I were married, when we had gotten married, we had never really talked about money. Never in the sense where we sat down and discussed how much money we made, what our expenses were, what our money goals were. And it wasn't until we found ourselves in a situation that something had to change that we actually had our first first conversation about money. Now, if I could go back, I would totally start talking about money while we were dating, but I can't go back in time. And I feel like we aren't the exception to the rule. I feel like so many couples don't have that conversation and they find themselves maybe in a long-term relationship or a marriage and they find themselves trying to navigate how to have this conversation about money in a healthy and helpful way. Well, that's exactly where Elle Martinez found herself. Elle is the creator behind the award-winning blog Couple Money as well as the host of Simplify and Enjoy podcast. Her focus is on helping families have less stress and more options by finding them the right path and pace to financial freedom. She shares lessons she's personally learned along the way in her book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. And we're going to be talking with her today about how to get on the same page as a couple and just how to have those difficult conversations, whether it is the first time you're having that conversation with your partner or the 100th time. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Elle. Welcome, L, to the Inspire Budget podcast. I'm glad you're here to talk about everyone's favorite subject, getting couples <laughs> on the same page when it comes to money.
0: Yes, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I'm so glad to be here because honestly, we had to do this. We had to go through this whole meeting of the minds in a nice way. <laughs>
1: Yes. And I want to hear that story. I want to hear about why is it near and dear to your heart and where is kind of your story with your marriage about coming together and joining forces, if you will, when it comes to your money?
0: Yeah, sure. So I will take a very long story and make it short. But I originally started Couple Money because we needed it. My husband and I, we met in college, got engaged, and he had recently graduated. I was junior year. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this the right way. And one thing looking back, I feel good about that we did was ask friends, families, people we've known growing up that have been happily married. <laughs> that was a key. Oh, key there key. you go. Happily Keith. married for many years, just to, like, what are some things we need to think about? And mm-hmm. what surprised me at that time was a lot of the older ones, they kept saying, have you guys talked about money? And I thought this was really weird, Allison, because like I never considered these people. I wouldn't say like they're numbers people. I didn't associate them. They were just people we enjoyed hanging out with. But that kept coming up. I said, okay, well, maybe we should talk about this. And being so blissfully ignorant, we said, okay, we'll do it this night. We'll have dinner together and we'll look at the numbers and see Mm -hmm. what happened. And that was... The most awkward (laughs) conversation and evening. But Mm -hmm. fast forward to now, when I look at that, that was one of the best conversations, necessary conversations we needed to have because we realized, even though from the outside, we're both broke college kids. I was a working college student and he just newly graduated his first job. We had just different viewpoints and perspectives Mm -hmm. about money. And so That was just the start and we realized, okay, we need to find a way to come together with finances and at that time, I saw some great perspectives from single people or people who just talked about their own personal experience, but I didn't see anyone writing about what do you do when you love each other, but maybe you don't agree on what goal to tackle first or Mm -hmm. what's more important and so from there, we just started documenting that and we've paid off. All the debt except for our mortgage, and we're on that path of financial freedom. But that that was one of those like key moments in our marriage we didn't realize at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what was like one of the biggest takeaways just from your own personal experience? I know that you've have your blog and you have your podcast and you've talked a lot and you've heard other people's stories, just but from your own personal experience what would you say is one of the biggest lessons that you learned working alongside your partner to kind of get on the same page and, and i guess compromise about money
0: yeah first of all i i don't think we talk about the mm-hmm. goals in a typical way like so if you ask any couple what do you want to do and they're going to like i want to retire early if possible i want to you know have a good time I- enjoy my money those are very vague answers Yes. I don't think we have these like nitty gritty, not that you have to work out all the details, but what does that look like? And I'll give you an example of something that's a little more recent than retirement is like vacations. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is with you and your husband, but my husband and I have completely different perspectives on vacations. We both agree. Wow. <laughs> we need We need to go on vacation to recharge, but what does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. So for me, I am... I'm the planner. I, I want to know what's unique about the place we're going to. Are there any museums, festivals mm-hmm. that are happening? What hole-in-the-wall spots? So, like, I'm looking in the travel blogs. I'm looking around, seeing if I can ask friends, and I'm digging into that. My husband wants to sit back and relax. He wants an Airbnb with a good view, mm-hmm. and he can just read or do whatever he wants, but very chill. And I think in a lot of ways, couples are like that with... Financial goals like retirement or buying a house,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: agree on the the big idea, but yes. like you don't really talk about like well, what's your dream house look like? Where is it at? You're thinking oh a ranch like mid century modern, and your spouse is like I really want a small craftsman, you know, and I want to be closer to the center of the city. Like those are conversations we don't tend to have. I think we kind of gloss over, and I get it. We're all in this almost autopilot of what we should be doing. But I think the sooner you have those conversations about what you really want, then you can bring in the numbers and start, like you say, having those conversations about compromising and then also the conversation about that wonderful word budget.
1: Yes. I think that's a wonderful analogy, like the vacation analogy, but it's yeah. just a very small example. And I say small example, but it's a small example of, of what we should be doing in every aspect of our money. And it makes me wonder, like, I know I tell my husband what, what I want to do when we retire, but sometimes <laughs> I think I might forget to ask him or he's just not as vocal about it. Or maybe he honestly doesn't know. Maybe he's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, he very much doesn't, he's not a dreamer. So I think also mm-hmm. what, what do you do actually? Just speaking of this for like, I'm very much a dreamer in, in our marriage. And I think about, Oh, I want to do this and this and this, and I'm okay if I don't reach all those dreams. Cause sometimes a dream is Mm -hmm. just a dream for me, but my husband is very practical, very realistic. And so what do you do when you have two people in a marriage that are like that? And then whenever they do talk about money, the fact that one person's a dreamer can make the other person feel overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, we have to do all these things with our money. And then the other person who's more realistic, maybe the other, maybe the dreamer is thinking like, you don't even want to have any fun. You don't want to do anything. You're so boring.
0: Well, I mean, there's a reason there's a saying like opposites attract. I feel like it brings a lot of balance into it. It Mm -hmm. makes it interesting. And who wants to marry themselves? So you know can't have, Like two people be the same personalities. This sounds exactly like our personality. My husband and I, he is a software engineer and that (laughs) is his approach. He does care. And I'm sure your husband's the same way. He does care about the big picture, Mm -hmm. but like all the details, like what about this? Oh, we could do this and that. No. So two things I suggest and they go together is one, I think a lot of couples put pressure and they want to have the money talk. And I don't think you should ever have the money talk. I think you should have money dates. I think Mm -hmm. having smaller, regular conversations about money, one, takes the pressure off, and then two, makes it a habit where Mm -hmm. you're more relaxed talking about money. It's not always about, okay, here's our budget for this month, but it's, hey, we got a vacation coming up. You're talking about, oh, I just got a raise. Oh, how much? You're having these Mm -hmm. small Really incremental conversations, and I get it. Like we're parents with two kids, so it's always hard to like make time for it. But something yes. even like a monthly, just mm-hmm. chat with drinks or snacks, however you want to do it, where you just relax and saying, "How how are we doing, like financially speaking now? What's the big picture?" I think I like those are those are really important steps.
1: Exactly, because if you do it once you're going to forget things that you want to talk about and your money change, like your money goals evolve over time. So what I yeah. said a year ago might not match what I want to do today or what I believe even today. So I love that. I'm to know though, cause you've, talked Mm -hmm. with many couples. You've really written about this. You've done lots of research on it. So what are some of the most common challenges that couples face maybe other than kind of one person being a dreamer and one person being more of a realist? What are some of the common challenges that they face when they're managing their finances together?
0: Yeah. So like in my book, jumpstart your marriage and your money. I was like going through all the podcast interviews. I was trying to see those patterns Mm -hmm. and I think you and I would agree. A lot of times when we're arguing about money, it's really not about the numbers. Mm. It really boils down to our money styles, which we kind of mentioned how we approach things, our priorities, like not just what we want to do, but in what order, what's more important, Mm -hmm. and then what those values and goals are. And so a lot of friction when you divide the money up into three buckets, most people will say, okay, we got to pay the bills. That's not a, a, a big deal. And the other two buckets where you're talking about your savings, paying down debt, those kind of financial goals, and then the fun money, that's where the conflict happens. It's mm-hmm. trying to find that right balance. Not all the time, but it tends to happen where one is more geared towards this side. You could mm-hmm. say this, the spender, the saver. You could. Everyone has a different label, but you're prioritizing this because this is important to you based on how you were raised, mm-hmm. whatever habits you picked up and saw. And the same thing is happening with your spouse. Mm -hmm. But since we don't talk about that, like I didn't have my parents saying, oh, make sure you talk about, you know, (laughs) talk about the finances and your financial styles, because they didn't even have the same Mm -hmm. financial style. And a lot of arguments came from that. So in many ways, we're going to be having those conversations. Maybe we didn't see modeled growing up with our parents and their marriage
1: and those conversations can feel very clunky it like you're kind of just navigating them in the dark and you're not really sure what to expect and we can get our feelings hurt because it can be so personal today's episode is brought to you by my budget to build wealth here's the truth I do not believe, actually I refuse to believe that wealth is just for the rich. I believe that wealth can be built on a budget without sacrificing what you love to spend money on I fully believe that budgeting is the quickest most effective way for you to reach your money goals so whether your goal is to stop living paycheck to paycheck pay off those student loans that have been hanging over your head or find room in your budget every single month so that way you can start investing for your future you're going to need a guide a plan to get yourself there which is exactly what I'm sharing in my free training budget to build wealth in this training I'm going to be sharing three massive mistakes that people make with their budget and their financial plan so that way you can avoid them I'm going to be sharing with you the secret to freeing up more money in your budget each month so that way you can send extra money to your goals and I'm going to be sharing with you my tried-and-true four-step framework to budgeting your way to wealth without giving up what you love Plus, there is a very special free gift for anyone who stays until the end. You can sign up by going to inspiredbudget.com slash class or just click the link in my show notes. You'll be able to choose a time that works for your schedule and I'll see you there. I have two. I have a, a couple. They're very good friends of mine. They are both spenders like they both enjoy spending money. So we've talked about, we've talked about like what happens whenever it's like opposite, right? And you have to compromise Mm -hmm. there. What do you say to two people that maybe somebody's listening right now and they're like, I like spending money, but so does my partner. And we've gotten ourselves into this cycle of really overspending and not saving and not being intentional about what we're spending on. How do you recommend that they come together when they both might not want, like they want to, but they don't really want yeah. to, what, what do you recommend that they do to motivate themselves for change for the better, even though it's not like cut out all spending, right? There's going to be a balance. What do you recommend for that?
0: Yeah. So there's an activity. First of all, I think all couples should do this, but I think this is really helpful for when you have two people who spend, because what you're going to try to do is prioritize. Okay. Temporarily, like for example, say they have that and they're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Of the spending, we're not going to completely cut everything to the bone. We should have a little bit of fun with our money. I understand at the beginning you want that intensity, but let's keep to keep you motivated some fun.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: for each of them, it's probably going to be slightly different. So, yes. and I I had spoke to Carl Richards from the New York Times that he does mm-hmm. the sketch, the, the financial sketches. And this is a fun activity. First of all, no judgment. Okay, That's the rule. Rule number one, no judgment. But go over like two months of expenses and Mm. and don't say, I can't believe you spent that or I can't believe you spent that. You, the person who spent it, I want you to put a star if it was something that you don't regret. This was something you loved. Mm. You're getting enjoyment out of still. And it's great. And then if it is something that you enjoyed at that moment, it was good when you purchased it. But maybe like nowadays, you're like, it wasn't a big deal you can put a dot mm-hmm. and then okay. everything else. Yeah. You're just going through the expenses and mm-hmm. saying, okay, where am I really getting the value out of it? Mm-hmm. And then talking yeah. about as a couple, like, and that's a, just, a, I think for a lot of us, it's kind of an eye opener. Like I didn't realize this was so important to you. Yes. And one of the best questions to ask is like, I, I didn't realize this. Why is this so important to you? And there's usually mm-hmm. like some kind of story that even they didn't realize, like I didn't realize why travel, what's so important to me or books. I'm a book person. Yes, I go to library, but I still buy books. Mm -hmm. But it was like things that growing up, I I loved writing. I love reading old books and collecting them. Mm -hmm. And travel is something that I was used to growing up. And then as an adult, that happened less. So I kind of want to get back into that rhythm. So these conversations that you're having, I think, first of all, a lot of people shy away from looking at the budget, (laughs) right? Yes. But like, look at the numbers and then just talk about the value versus mm-hmm. the amount for those initial conversations.
1: I love that. I love talking about the value versus the amount because the amount can typically change. You can travel by spending less or you can take this luxurious vacation that costs $10,000, but it's the, it's the actual thing that you're doing. So I love that idea. Okay, so... One issue that many couples struggle with and I hear this in my own community is finding the right balance between individual spending and joint financial goals. Still feeling like they have autonomy in their spending mm-hmm. and that someone's not in charge of them because they're an they're an adult. They should be able to spend money. So how can how can couples really strike a balance between feeling like they're independent And they Mm -hmm. have their own autonomy, but they're also working together towards something. Okay. So in
0: every couple's different, for us, most of our money is like in the joint budget, but we do have like our fund accounts, our personal spending accounts. So I'm coming from that perspective. I will say there is a difference with couples between having separate accounts and having secret accounts.
1: Oh, let's talk about that.
0: Yes, I can understand, you know, having those separate accounts, but you could do real damage, um, not only to your relationship, but believe it or not, yourself, when Mm -hmm. you have these secret accounts A financial infidelity is something that a lot of couples deal with. Where do you draw Mm -hmm. that line? A lot of couples have their own definition, like where that line is. But I feel Mm -hmm. like if it's a secret, you have to ask yourself why. And I know this could be a separate You know, podcast episode. But if you feel like it's a matter of um, security or safety, you definitely need to address that. I I feel Mm -hmm. like, in you know, I'm going to assume this is a healthy relationship. Otherwise, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So uh, pin on that. But I should mention, like in those cases, you know, definitely want to have a a, a support person in that. But in a um, in a healthy relationship, I feel like you shouldn't feel afraid to have those
1: separate Mm -hmm. accounts
0: provided. You know. Like my husband yes. and I, we have those, you know, gift. We want to surprise one another mm-hmm. or date nights, getting something for the kids or, you know, things. I like that baby's like, I don't want to say roll of eyes, but you're kind of side-eyeing just like some right. of stuff that he geeks out. I'm just like, all right. I mean, I'm glad you're happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should feel comfortable and healthy enough to say, Hey, mm-hmm. this matters to me and your spouse is with that. Now yeah. finding that number and balance, I think, going to take a conversation about one mm-hmm. where's your current financial situation i feel yeah. like um when you're deep in debt especially something like credit card debt where it's high mm-hmm. interest and you and i know like you can really be sunk by this yeah this would be a time where most of your money is going to be joint knocking that out so you can have that breathing room mm-hmm. just Like, look at the amount that you do have for fun money and split that in half.
1: Yes. You know, our family kind of stumbled into that type of situation. We combined our single checking one savings when we were married at a young age. And recently, I mean, I guess I say recently, but maybe Mm -hmm. in the past two years, my husband opened up a separate checking account and Mm -hmm. I pay him to edit my podcast. And so I pay Mm -hmm. him as a contractor To and I said, you know what? This is your spending money. Do whatever you want with it. And Mm -hmm. he loves it. He loves being Mm -hmm. able to not feel like, you know, and and I trust him. I know he's not going to like go open up a credit card or go overspend and have some sort of crazy overdraft fees. I trust Mm -hmm. him. He is responsible, but it's one thing to not have to feel like there's someone always hovering and judging and just being like, okay, Mm -hmm. I have this money. I can spend it how I want. And I think it's great. And then I do the same, but just out of our checking, just out of our checking account. And it's been so good for us. And I think that that's a wonderful thing that people can have. As long as, like you said, it is, there's knowledge around it and it's not secret. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And Um, just
0: something else to consider. Oh, sorry. I know just with the past couple of years with COVID, personally, I've seen some loved ones. Having access, like in an emergency or taking care of stuff, mm-hmm. COVID was no joke. Where maybe one of them was incapacitated, had to take care of some individual bills. It was right. easier because they they knew about the accounts; they could take care yes. of that and knock that out. So, you know, just something to keep in mind with that. But I think you should feel comfortable enough to say, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is important to me," and we put that in the budget. So we we each have our our fund money.
1: I get another question and this was not one I was planning on asking you, but I'm just curious because I have women, you know, I, I mostly speak to women. They come to me and they say, listen, my partner is not on board. They don't want to pay off debt. They don't want to budget. They are completely just uninterested. What do you say to those women? Like what, or or just that person really in general, what do you say to them? Like what encouragement can you give them? Do you think that you have to have a partner on board to be able to be successful? What are your, what have you seen in your research? I mean, it definitely, to be honest, like
0: it will slow you down, Mm -hmm. but I, I still think you can build up your finances. What I see, how do I say More commonly, like, and I've talked with some families and couples was, for example, one got really excited about paying off debt. There were over $100,000 of debt. Mm -hmm. And I think she had discovered Dave Ramsey and she was like gung ho, like everything goes towards that. And the husband was like, no, (laughs) he wanted to get out of debt, but he was like, this is not a year and a half project. This is like, he knew it was going to be like, I think five to seven years Mm -hmm. and they had two young kids. And so the initial conversations were combative because they were just Mm -hmm. talking about yes, no. It was like this way or no way. Right. And what she found was super, super helpful was she goes, okay, she started having the conversations about why he felt this way. And then he was mm-hmm. opening up saying, I don't want to deprive our kids for the next seven years of having no experiences. They lived out right. right by Chicago. And so she said, okay, here's what we'll do then if it's okay with you for again, that like family budget, I'm going to trim it back, but we're going to find family activities. We're not going mm-hmm. to maybe completely throw off that rhythm that we had gotten used to because they were eating out They They were both making right. good money and they got used to that. So she was like without depriving ourselves. And so mm-hmm. she took on that challenge. And then it, I think she said it was like two years after
1: mm-hmm. he started
0: seeing and it was on board and then it sped up. Yeah. And I feel like for many couples, it's like that. But maybe your spouse is not actually telling you why they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, uh, I don't want to do this. It could be that maybe you had, let's be honest, a little enthusiasm about another plan years ago and it didn't pan out. It's kind of like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get healthy. It's like, oh, not this again. And so having those honest conversations, again, Mm -hmm. a lot of it goes to having that communication. And then of course there are those circumstances where they just, they're sabotaging the finance. And this is Mm -hmm. where I would say having a professional, like a financial therapist come in Mm. who can not only help you with the numbers and maybe minimize that damage, but also get to the root because it could be something serious, like a spending addiction, or it could be that they're hiding money in an account and that's what they don't want to get on board because then you're looking at the numbers a little closer Mm -hmm. and something happens. So Thankfully, that's not the case in most instances, but Mm -hmm. I do want to put that out there as something to consider if you do look at the numbers and it doesn't always add up.
1: Wow. Okay. That's amazing. My last question for you is let's say someone's listening right now and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation with my partner about money. Maybe it's our first conversation ever. Maybe it's just, Hey, we've talked about it, but it's been a while yeah. since we have had a money date and really sat down intentionally to talk about this, not just in passing, like two ships in the night, whenever you're just living with kids and <laughs> yeah. a house and it's busy, there's always something going on. So what are three things that you would recommend that if someone said, okay, this week, I'm going to sit down with my partner and I want to mm-hmm. talk about money. What three things do you recommend talking about? Okay.
0: First of all, let your, your spouse, let your partner know, I, I want to do a date, mm-hmm. money date, but I don't want to talk about the numbers, right? Just for the first date. Let okay. them know, take that pressure off. Two, I want to talk about things we would love to do in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Don't think about that big 20 year plan. I'm the type of person I will bring a spreadsheet if if I could, but I, I feel like that that really hinders conversation I. Get <laughs> That's the operations management side of me. But
1: I I have personally brought my laptop on a date night and open up my (laughs) spreadsheet. And we're like sitting outside at like this patio. And I'm like, let's get down to business. I see now that that might not be very romantic (laughs) and welcoming to my partner. But (laughs) that's what you do
0: with your friends that are money nerds like you. That's that's exactly that's that's your fun. That's your fun zone. And like, just take the pressure, say, hey, I really would love for us to talk about like things we want to do in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And if they're still resistant, like I want to take a big trip together or I, like something, you know, they would be excited about and something mm-hmm. that you're generally excited about. Because honestly, if we're not used to these conversations, sometimes we want to jump in to mm-hmm. like these big epic goals, but start with something small that you're both like on board with. And I then from that. there say, oh, I would love to go. To Europe, South America, wherever it is, how we're going to get there? Oh, that looks like that's a three-year goal, or that might mm-hmm. be a little longer, a little shorter. Then you're talking about okay, what do we have to change mm. so we can start putting that and having a dedicated account? I'm I am a fan. Capital One. I use like where you name your goal for yes. the savings, and I know you could do a bucket. But like for some big goals, I love having like that. And so so we get to see together and save Mm -hmm. together. But I think like that's really important. It's like have the money date, but make sure you tell them there's we're not going to talk about the numbers per se. We're just going to talk about things we want to do in the next few years. Keep it small and and keep it relaxed. And then the third one is kind of a cheat. Make sure you schedule the next money date. Oh, I like (laughs) it. Make it a habit.
1: Make it. a Yeah, I like that. No, that's yeah. wonderful. That's that's great because it's easy to forget to follow up. It's easy to say, okay, yeah. I did this, check it off my list, but this is something that you want to be a recurring thing in your life and in your marriage. And so I love that you're like, sit down, look at your calendars and say, when's the next time we're going to do this? Same time next week, yeah. same time next month. What's it going to be? So I love that. That's great. Well, L, let us know where we can learn more about you, anything that you want to share, your book, your podcast. Tell the listeners where we can find you.
0: Sure. So if you guys are just getting started syncing up your marriage and your money, I started couplemoney.com. I had a podcast for 10 seasons where interview real life couples who have like dumped debt, become financially independent, and also talk to financial experts. And then now we're in this next phase and chapter of parenthood, and financial independence and freedom. And we're talking about options and it's not just the numbers, but it's travel. We do Mm -hmm. homeschool homebrews. I like to make my own beer needs, you know, like just what do you do with the money? Then now what Mm -hmm. I do uh, simplify and enjoy. And I have a podcast there where we kind of look at things holistically about Mm -hmm. really it's about not using money as the goal, but using it as a tool to create a life that you love. I love that. Oh
1: my goodness. And you have a book. I do
0: have a book. Let's talk about the book. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I I love the book because I was like, I need something that is simple that people could read in a week. It's called Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. It is specifically designed for couples in four weeks to have those conversations, to have the icebreakers, Mm. what stage you are, are you paying off debt or are you looking towards buying a house? I wanted to keep it so simple. That couples could just open it up, kind of use it like a workbook. Yeah. And have those conversations. And yes, we do get to the numbers. I know you're the same mm-hmm. way, like the numbers do matter, but right. these conversations really are the foundation. Oh, yes. And so that was my goal with the book.
1: I love that. So it's kind of like this guided thing, it's probably what I could have used. 11 years ago, whenever I felt like we were fumbling around and didn't really know Same what here. <laughs> we should talk about or how to have the conversation and how to say it in a way that doesn't make me feel like crap or make him feel bad. So I love that you've kind of created this resource for people to be able to have those conversations in a healthy kind of guided way. And you know what I love? The idea is if you do have this un- maybe, I don't want to say unhealthy relationship with money, but if you do have this where you're walking on eggshells about money with your partner, mm-hmm. And you sit down to get this book, both of you take time to look through the chapter and read through the prompts beforehand and then come yeah. together. Cause then that way you're not caught off guard. You have some time to think through your responses. So I love that. We'll link to that. We'll link to your website and your podcast in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate having you. I know there are so many couples here that one person's on board, the other person isn't, or maybe there's just, they're just butting heads when it comes to their finances and they they're a team they want to be together they want to be on the same page and I know that sometimes it's just a matter of figuring out how to get you on the same page so thank you Elle for coming to talk about that It was so much fun. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that amazing interview with Elle. Be sure to go check out her book. If you are brand new and you want to jumpstart that conversation, check out her book. I'll link to it in the show notes. And then go check out her podcast, Simplify and Enjoy Podcast. I was actually on it as well. So there's going to be amazing interviews that you can binge listen to. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating or review. This allows my podcast to reach new listeners. Thank you so much for joining me. I know that there are many options when it comes to podcasts, and I appreciate you allowing me into your space. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye for now.